Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. Let's start off 2020 in much the same way that we ended 2019 by telling you how much rain they've gotten in Decatur, Alabama. And in this case, it's not so much how much rain in terms of inches, it's how much rain in terms of water seeping into places where it's not supposed to go. As the Alabama Department of Environmental Management says, they've recorded the largest inflow of storm water into the Decatur sanitary sewage system ever. And that means they've also recorded the largest outflow of sewage ever. In fact, officials estimate some 800,000 gallons of untreated sewage has leaked out of the plant and into the city's creeks, ditches, and streets. So if you pass through Decatur and step in a puddle, it might not be rainwater. <laughs> or if you go camping, yeah, don't dip your canteen in that. <laughs> Well, Cliff... And that is not a euphemism. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, Cliff... Yeah? I was watching the uh, New Year's Eve celebrations at home on TV. Oh, you were? Huh? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. And I was thinking yeah. 2,000, 3,000 years mm-hmm. from now, people yeah. will be looking at all of us watching a ball drop from a pole <laughs> to celebrate the new year and think we're just stupid. That's what no, they're going to totally think. I totally understand. Yeah, you, a million and a half of you stand around in New York City, <laughs> watching a giant ball slide down a pole. Surely there's something else, Cliff, more exciting we could do than that. Cliff, yes. Do you know what this orange top that I'm wearing is called? The quarter zippy, or what do they call this thing? I don't know I the think it's term. Just, is it just a pullover? I didn't. Half? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's a pullover with a zipper that goes about a fourth of the way down my yeah. my massive chest. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> my massive chest. That's what chest. I'm wearing this morning. And I yeah. know that there's different kinds of styles yeah. that people wear. You know, there's yes. casual, mm-hmm. there's business. Mm-hmm. My style this morning, I believe, from looking in the mirror cliff yes. when I got to work, yeah. is... I slept in my dryer overnight. <laughs> Look at the collar on this thing. What's up with that? I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't know a collar could be in that kind of a shape, but I believe this yeah. is the dryer look right here. I think you're right. Maybe that's why my back's a little bit sore this morning, Cliff. Because you were sleeping in the dryer. You wow. just didn't know it. I've even wetted this down, and it won't stay <laughs> down. Wetted it down. I wetted my collar down, and it won't stay down. <laughs> We read this story from Bell County, Kentucky, in the southeast part of the state, not too far from Knoxville. One of those good news, bad news kind of situations. 40-year-old Julie Miller was on probation there after being found guilty of a drug crime and as part of her probation, required to not only make regular visits to her probation officer, but also submit to a drug screen every single time she went so that court officials knew she was holding up her end of the deal by staying clean. And since we're talking about her here, you can probably guess how that went. Authorities there say she reportedly, well, she was handed a cup and told to fill it up Monday, and since she knew that she'd failed the test, 
because she'd been taking illegal drugs, she did what any criminal would do. Snuck in an alternate sample that she could pour into the probation office cup. But the only urine she could get her hands on that wasn't dirty was pee from her dog. Officials soon determined that the sample provided by Miller not only wasn't hers, it wasn't human, and she admitted to the swap, which means the bad news is she faces charges of tampering with physical evidence. The good news, her litter of puppies will be born in about three months. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say the dog was clean. And that's the good news. That story you had, Cliff, about hospital visitations. Yes. Can't go in if you're 15 Mm -hmm. or under. Yes. Don't want you if you have flu-like symptoms. Right. I got another little tip for you. If you have to go to the hospital to visit somebody. And what's that? Don't touch anything when you walk in the door. <laughs> yeah. I mean just nothing. Keep, just keep your hands in your pockets. Uh, at all times, right. keep your hands right there. Yes. Because everything around, I think in my mind, yeah. is totally infected <laughs> with some disease. It probably isn't. But in my mind, when I walk into a hospital, right. yeah. I think everything in here, yeah. I mean, including mm-hmm. a pen, a pencil, the Coke machine, yeah. I've literally, during flu season, yeah. left change in the change return at the Coke machine. <laughs> because you didn't want to stick your fingers into the hole. That's exactly right. <laughs> and I breathe a little different, too, when I visit this time well, of year. I can see not breathing would be a good thing, but, you know, that'd be hard to do. You ever wore one of those little masks? You ever tried that? I have not done that because when I see somebody that wears a mask yeah. around, yeah. I run the other way. Well... I think they've got something that's like dead. Maybe maybe if you were wearing the mask, then other people would run the other way, and then you wouldn't have to worry about being infected. The masks look a little yeah. odd to me. <laughs> Perhaps if I yeah. tied my handkerchief around my face no, see, that's and walked in, Cliff, be like a masked man yeah, coming in. Yeah, be like a bandit, yeah. Yes. And, yeah, because you got those red kerchief handkerchief. Yeah, so you would look like, I don't know, you showed up to rob the blood bank or something. I just... <laughs> Jesse James is here to rob the hospital. Please correct me if I'm mistaken about this. Okay. You're mistaken. No, 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 not yet. Let me get it out. I don't believe here in Princeton at the courthouse during trials that they have very good crowds. You mean kind of like a ball game crowd. You know what I'm saying? They they don't fill the seats up at the courthouse. Well, if if there's a trial. Well, first off. The actual jury trial is a fairly rare event. Okay. Um, And my guess is, when there is one, if it's a controversial case, you know, if it's like a murder case that actually goes to a jury trial, and there's been a lot of publicity, there might be some people actually go. But on a day-to-day court hearing kind of thing, probably no more than, like, family members are there. Although that one courtroom, I believe it's the... um, it's the one that's on the south side. Takes up the whole wall of the courthouse. It'll seat like a hundred people. I mean, it's it's a it's a big place. Uh, we actually did a play in it several years ago, and I was involved with the theater group. So a lot of people could go, but not a, a lot of people do. And as just a, as a general occurrence, as a judge, that would really upset me, Cliff, because <laughs> there's no audience there. You know well, what I'm saying? It's not really. You're not really a performer. Well, as you, a judge, you kind of do a little work. performing. Well, I mean, yes, but you're not really. There to perform. Now, are you? No. You're there to 
to maintain legal decorum during a legal court event. But as a judge, I would think that it would be a little (laughs) bit annoying day after day looking at all of those empty seats. Yeah. And so I'm thinking perhaps if they would hire an orchestra to play dramatic music (laughs) during moments of the trial... Like a movie. Yes. Somebody's giving testimony, and you have the violinist. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's just real dramatic. Yeah. Yes. And then we get ready for the big decision, and it's like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Might spice it up a little, get more people to show up. You know, and after a while, you can start charging to have people come in if you get a, you know, popular enough courtroom. I don't think you want to charge people to come in. It's one of the kind of the... It's kind of the free society things that we we all enjoy, but no one really takes advantage of. Like going to, like, say, a city council meeting or a county council meeting. Those, I mean, that's part of it's. It's an open meeting, meant for the public to attend, but no one ever really does. Well, I'll tell you what, Cliff. <laughs> yeah. If they come up with this, yeah, and they use my idea of an orchestra, yeah. at the Gibson County Courthouse yeah. during trials, yeah, I'll pay five buck admission. Well, I stayed home, Cliff, on yeah. New Year's Eve this year, oh, which did, I huh? generally don't do. Okay. But it was okay. I All kind right. of enjoyed it because it gave me plenty yeah. of time to think. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing I was wanting to do, is get some of these thoughts out of my head. And I've come to the conclusion, Cliff, that I need to get a hold of my state representative for something that's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> You're going to call Matt Hostetler? I think that is. It is Matt, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I know well, <laughs> he's got stuff going on. Well, I mean, they're getting ready to start the legislative session here exactly. in just a few days. Yes. So I was wondering, Cliff, if possibly if he had enough time, he could get some bill passed. Yeah. Because I think we need some government regulation on the size of drink <laughs> cups at different drive throughs throughout oh, really? the country. Yes. <laughs> we don't have to do it countrywide. Let's just do it statewide. Yeah. Because I'm tired of going to a place and, yeah. okay, I'm going to lie and say sometimes I order a medium drink. I don't. But <laughs> I've seen the medium drinks, and they're such different sizes. Yeah. One place to the other, this one's got a pretty good size medium drink. Somebody else has a real dinky one. And the large <laughs> ones are even worse. And There's I'm wanting to know. disparity in the sizes. Yes. Is there some way to regulate how that is, you know, so that if you order a medium... You get a medium and not a small medium. There needs to be a specific size range there <laughs> that the, so many ounces is the minimum you can have for a large diet Mountain Dew at a drive through You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, it bothers me immensely because I would go to the place yeah. where I could get the biggest drink possible yeah. for my money. Okay. That and makes sense. Yes. I'm tired of driving up to the drive through yeah. and playing... Guess what size our drink will be? I don't like that game. I want it to be standardized. Really? I mean, do you want more government regulation? Do you want that? When it comes to Diet Mountain Dew drinks, <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I mean, this story sounds like something from an Old West movie, but in fact it's the real deal, and it happened Tuesday in Benton County, Washington. High winds in the area forced the highway department to close some 12 miles of State Highway 240 there, Many motorists stranded for hours until the plows could come out and clear the pavement. And when I tell you that there were drifts so high that they were as high as semis, you might think they were snow drifts, but you'd be wrong because everything that shut the highway down was in fact tumbleweeds. 
millions of them pulled loose from the ground by the high winds and then doing what they do, rolling along the prairie until they hit something that stops them, which in this case were other tumbleweeds, until the mounds got so high no one could see out of their cars, traffic came to a halt and unable to help, or unable to move until rescue help came. What do they do to get rid of them? Uh, they just plow them out of the way with a snowplow. Have you seen a tumbleweed? Yeah. Are they big? They can be. It can be like three to four feet in diameter. Can you light them on fire? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's the desert. <laughs> you can light everything on fire in the desert because it's dry. And once you light something on fire, then everything in the desert burns. Would it not look cool, though? <laughs> well, yeah, it would flaming look really cool. tumbleweeds rolling down the, <laughs> down the desert. For the last couple of days, Cliff, I've yeah. kind of been fighting a little bit of a cold. It's starting to creep up on oh, me. Oh, well, you stay over there on that side. I understand, yes. It's, it's kind of going around pretty thick and heavy in the tri-state. And yeah. I have found out, because okay. New Year's Eve, as I mentioned earlier, I stayed yeah. home, and yesterday I was home all day, and I was pretty well pounding on the nighttime yeah. NyQuil. Yeah. And I found out, Cliff, that yeah. uh, that little cup that comes with the NyQuil yeah. is not a complimentary shot glass that they give you. <laughs> no, it's it's a measuring cup so that you can correctly measure the proper dosage that you're supposed to take. Yes. Instead of sitting around the house, <laughs> swigging out of the bottle. shots of NyQuil. <laughs> like it was moonshine. Bad things start happening to you. Oh, really? Not the first night. But the second night, oh, really? things start getting a little weird and funky. Okay. Last night, yeah. and I never remember dreams, yeah. but I remember this one yeah. perfectly. I dreamed after my NyQuil splurge <laughs> about flying goats dropping flaming porta potties on the secret location I was hiding at and hiding from Danny DeVito, who was wearing a bikini and riding a big lobster trying to chase me with a lightsaber <laughs> that was your dream that was my dream last night all of that going on because <laughs> i'm drinking nyquil like it's oh, really? moonshine you're, you're blaming that on the nyquil <laughs> i couldn't come up with that any other way cliff and so i decided yeah to take the little cup down from my fine china silverware <laughs> and accurately measure the dosage I hope tonight will be a lot better for oh. me. Although I'm going to kind of miss uh -huh. Danny DeVito uh -huh. riding around on, around on a big lobster. Well, college football, Cliff, it's been all over the television the last several days, well, actually yes, about two weeks. Bowl games. Yes. And when I think of college football, I think a mm -hmm. lot of people think of the same thing. They think of the tailgate parties that come along with each event. It's a big deal. It's a huge it's deal. It's a big deal. And I think, you know, they kind of got really popular yeah. because of the high expense of the food and the drink inside the stadium. I think that's probably true. I know if you go to, uh, if you're like at Lucas Oil Stadium, there are parking lots surrounding the stadium there where people rent spaces to bring their campers and whatnot in to tailgate before the Colts games. That's you right. And hook your power, electricity up and everything. And a lot of people don't even go to the game. They just stay out in the camp. They, yeah. They just stay exactly out in right. tailgate. Yeah. But today on our Take It to the Bank, yeah. we have mm -hmm. the first tailgate on record. Okay. The very first one, and it happened in the 1800s. Really? Yes. Wow. We'll tell you about it. Okay. On Take It to the Bank. It's time now for Take It to the Bank. Okay. And today we're going to talk about tailgating. 
but not really the tailgating that you and I are right. familiar with. Before a professional or college football game, yes. say, for instance. The first tailgate yeah. on record actually happened yeah. in 1861. Really? Yes. That's a long time ago. A long time ago. What was going on that caused people to tailgate in 1861? Well, it sure wasn't a football game with Harvard and (laughs) Yale, I'll tell you that. Okay. People traveled far and wide in 1861 to watch the Battle of Bull Run, the first battle of the Civil Civil War. War. So people packed a picnic and went down to watch men fight and die. Thousands (laughs) of people did that, Cliff, rooting on their side as they teamed up. The North against the South. Oh, so it was like uh, all of the spectators from the North on one side of the battlefield and all the spectators from the South on the other side. Is that how that worked? And when your surge was winning, yeah. you were screaming and hollering. <laughs> and meantime, people are bleeding in the middle of the uh, arena, shall we say. And after the battle was decided, yeah. everyone just picked mm-hmm. up their baskets and went, and went home. home. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like the... Uh, gladiators fighting to the death in ancient Rome. It's in the Colosseum. <laughs> exactly right, Cliff. Uh, no. First of all, I wouldn't want to be there to witness that. No. Second of all, if I was happened to be there, yeah. I would think after a while, perhaps you would aggravate some of the participants <laughs> in the actual war. They would turn their weapons to you. Exactly right. You know, you know the the best line from the movie Gladiator is when uh, the character played by Russell Crowe, he basically obliterates everyone in the ring and he turns to the crowd who's cheering wildly and he goes, are you not entertained? <laughs> well, sadly, Cliff, yeah. all of that yeah. you can take to the bank. Some, some soldier going, are you not entertained? <laughs> Sad. <laughs> No, we're not going to do that, Cliff. (laughs) I find the take it to the bank this morning a bit distasteful that people Mm -hmm. were actually picnicking and tailgating watching men fight each other. Watching a battle going on where there was actual shooting and bleeding. Yes. I I agree with that. And and then we related that to, you know, how they used to in Roman times would go down and watch the gladiator fights. Yes. (laughs) And I thought... That would be really cool. Here, certainly would make our program more entertaining now, wouldn't it? Well, yes, fighting a lion (laughs) off would probably be more entertaining than what we do. Although, we better be on a seven-second delay because I think there'll be cussing if a lion attacks me in this room right now. I don't know that, Yeah. and I don't want to really find out. But you could guess that there would be. There would be a lot of colorful words. If there was a lion in the room. Well, you know, I'd only have to run faster than you. Yes. And we'd have to get a bigger cuss cup if we actually live through it. Cliffany things said today. Praises of the day, number number three. My NyQuil splurge. <laughs> you want to go in moderation with that. I'm just saying. It's not a shot glass. Recommended dosage, yes. Yes. Number two. I slept in my dryer. <laughs> There, your collar's sticking up again. I know, it's horrible. <laughs> the number one morning roadshow phrase for today. No one wants to know what's happening in your jeans. <laughs> you did bring that up earlier, and yeah. now you have to bring it up again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, Cliff, when you have a collar that looks like this, yes. you really can't have a serious conversation with anybody <laughs> because you look like a clown when you you're talking to like them. You look like a clown. It's like that, that side of the collar is just going, hey, hey. 
Hey, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I know. I can't keep my eye off of it. <laughs> if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.